But apart from that, it's like we need to be willing to acknowledge that, hey, I worship. Worship is not just for people that go to church. Like, no, I, I actually worship. So what is it that I worship? What do I worship? Go on your Instagram. Look at what you look at all day. Look at what you post all day. Look at what you listen to all day. And you, you'll be you, you'll be you'll slowly begin to realize some of the things that you worship. And you'll if, if, if you if you spend enough time with that recognition, like, OK, if I'm worshiping this, what comes from this? Ultimately, what comes from these things? You know, when I put my energy into these things, what what ultimately flows and how does it impair or Im impact my overall wellness and my overall health? I just don't believe that we were saved to stumble our way through life this side of heaven. I believe that we should respond to his saving grace with life that glorifies him in every way, both the spiritual and the practical. So we had a conversation on worship and I wanted to know what was your thought process behind worship and overall health? So what I think you're saying is that like, how does worship impact our health? Um, I mean, I guess let's, let's slightly define what, what worship is. It's a level of endearment, respect, um, reverence or honor towards something um, or someone this thing something that you may love or someone that you may love um, you, you may find yourself passionate about it um, or this someone um, you go to a concert and you witness a performance by someone uh, that you admire and respect because of the talent that they put forth and you know after the performance or even during the performance you begin to express a level of uh, emotion or, or 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 singing along or or clapping or um uh you know just intense focus on this individual and their art and that's an act of praise right um and we know that worship extends beyond just song you know a lot of people only associate worship with especially christians you know associate worship with you know singing songs and, and clapping their hands you know um but but worship is also a a lifestyle right um so it worship what you worship depicts and determines how you live your life ultimately um so in regards to the impact it has on our overall health the fact that we we were created by god it is in, innate for us um to worship right whether we believe it like it or not like everyone worships um just not everyone worships god right people create their different gods and uh there's a a, a, a plethora of, of of different idols if you will that we create in our lives um, based on many things, based on culture, 
based on the way that we uh, were raised and grew up, what we were taught, um, based on experience, suffering and pain oftentimes leads us to uh, escape through some form of of worship. Uh, and what we worship, like I said, it could be it could be many things, you know. Um, but regarding health, it's like if I use myself as an example, growing up, I had, and I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in the first podcast, but growing up, I had, you know, these pillars in my life, right? And the ultimate goal was get married, become a pastor and buy a house. You know, these are things that I constructed based on like what I saw my dad going after and some of the things that he had already accomplished. And, um, you know, the leaders in your life really kind of set the ceiling for you and me being a young child like that was like the epitome the greatness if i can accomplish those things that's greatness right and you know i we grew up um you know experiencing poverty you know like we were broke for a period of time at least till i was around 12 um so having a house was like a big deal and that would be something that my dad would always like talk to me and my uh four siblings like you know just believe God's going to bless us with a house. God's going to bless us with a house, you know, and it's going to have a pool and it's going to this and that. So, you know, that shaped things that I desperately wanted to pursue and achieve. Um, so with that being said, those, those three pillars in my life, I went after it so passionately that I didn't, I didn't realize that those things became idols in my life. They became the things that I began to worship and they became the things that, that gave me identity, right? So anything that gives you identity, you're going to worship it, you know? And from worshiping, for example, like my marriage, getting married, us both being, you know, two unhealthy individuals in different ways, right? I was young. She was young. You know, we had our issues, different issues, but we both had our issues, you know? And for me, like, I idolized that relationship because that relationship, that marriage to me said, oh, I'm a man. Now. Like, I'm worthy of respect, you know, like I have accomplished and done something that was honorable and is honorable. You know, it's something that God is pleased with and something that my dad is pleased with, you know, and people look up to me because I'm this young man that has achieved marriage. Right. So now. Like I am focused on upholding this identity that is attached to this construct, which is marriage. So that's, that is shaping how I'm living my life. So I got to protect that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I got to protect that because if I don't protect that, now my identity is tarnished. Now, when you make marriage the thing you worship, you got to understand that when you marriage is what marriage is me as a man, union, relationship, intimacy, covenant with another woman. So she becomes that person that I ultimately when my when my understanding and, and, and my approach to this marriage thing becomes like this thing that I idol. Who do I end up idolizing? I end up idolizing the woman. I end up idolizing her. 
And that, that's, that's so dangerous. That is so dangerous. God is super clear. His word is super clear that only he deserves worship, right? Um, and to put no idols above me or before me. So that began a type of cultivation that led to a ton of different ways that I became sickly and, 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 and unhealthy, you know, uh, because that was my God, that aspect was, was, was something I idolized. When you have this, when you have this attitude or approach to something that it's like, man, I can't lose it. No matter what, I can't lose it. Like there was something that I used to pray, especially when, when, the marriage was on the brinks and, and real bad things started to negative things started to happen in the relationship. I would sit in the front row of my church and I would, I would literally pray. I would say, God, you could take anything from me, but don't take my marriage. That's a f red flag right there that I idolize this marriage. Like I idolize this thing, you know? Um, and what that would cause me to do is even when things were happening, that were beyond my control. And there were things that were taking place on the other side of this relationship, right? It takes two, right? And you know that these things are compromising your values. These things are compromising your sanity. These things are compromising your ability to thrive in life and lead well, you know, other people. And I mean, it just consuming you because it's, it's doing that much damage to you but yet you're not willing to let go and walk away. That is self-destruct, destruction. You begin to self-destruct. And that's exactly what began to happen to me. All because I was worshiping the idea of being this person that has a marriage that is successful, that people respect, that people love. Even though I knew on the inside of this marriage, it was, it was just sickly. There was, it was, there was, there was really nothing good about what was going on. But my worship, where my worship goes, so does my energy. So does my focus. And the energy I put into that, I'm going to get a return. And if that energy isn't directed towards something good, then the return that's coming back to me ain't going to be good either. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, you can't put your energy into something that is poor, that is negative, that is that that reaps poor fruit, right? And expect that good is going to come out of it. If all you do is eat cheeseburgers because you love McDonald's and every day you say, man, because I love McDonald's and because McDonald's makes me feel good when I eat it, I'm going to eat it every day, right? So you are cultivating a relationship, an ideology, a loyalty, a faithfulness to McDonald's, this corporation that feeds you and makes you feel good. In spite of the fact that McDonald's is not real food, in spite of the fact that it's full with all kind of steroids, it's full with antibiotics, it's full with sugars, like 
I'm sure y'all have seen some of these document um, documentaries where it's like you could take a cheeseburger and you can put it inside of a glass jar for like five months and it doesn't even break down. Right. But anyways, you do this and you do this for a period of time. No matter what you do. There's only one result that's going to come from the relationship that you've been cultivating with McDonald's, and that is you're going to have high cholesterol. You're going to have um, um, bad blood pressure. You're probably going to end up with diabetes, right? You're going to be gaining a ton of excess fat on your body, right? It's going to it's going to break you down mentally and emotionally because it's going to affect your cortisol levels, your hormone levels like it's going to slowly kill you. And that's exactly what happens when we worship something that is not good. And scripture is so clear that only God is good. And that's why my stance on my relationship with Christ and like the fact that I've been saved is what it is. And that is that my pursuit for ultimate health came from the realization that Christ saved me. It came from that because from that was this awakening or awareness to what does good look like? What does good look like in this area of my life? What does good look like in this area of my life? What does good look like in this area of my life? And what does good look like in this area of my life? And what you find out is that all of those areas are entwined with one another and they cannot be compartmentalized. You cannot treat one area as more significant than the other area apart from your spiritual wholeness and your spiritual wellness, right? Because we know that this life is temporary. And when I mean this life, I mean this side of heaven, this is temporary. We're here for what, 70, 80, 90 years, God willing, and in my opinion, real life starts. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where real life starts. So my soul has to take precedence in the way that I care for myself. I have that. That is the foundation. That is the foundation. But apart from that, it's like we need to be willing to acknowledge that. Hey, I worship. Worship is not just for people that go to church. Like, no, I I actually worship. So what is it that I worship? What do I worship? Go on your Instagram. Look at what you look at all day. Look at what you post all day. Look at what you listen to all day. And you, you'll be you, you'll be you'll slowly begin to realize some of the things that you worship. And you'll if, if, if you if you spend enough time with that recognition, like, OK, if I'm worshiping this, what comes from this? Ultimately, what comes from these things? You know, when I put my energy into these things, what what ultimately flows and how does it impair or Im impact my overall wellness and my overall health? Now, a lot of the problem is like. We lie to ourselves. We're not even honest with ourselves. Like. How often. Do we eat something? And it tastes good for the moment, but immediately after we feel like crap. But you lie to yourself and you tell yourself, whatever, you don't even, you, you ignore that feeling. 
because what you don't want to do is face the fact that 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 it's like okay well maybe maybe this isn't something that i should be eating regularly like maybe i should have a lot more discipline with this but that thought for most people is scary and you know why it's scary because our awareness of our brokenness and the fact that we suffer is so real that the last thing we want to do is more suffering. And I, and, and, I, and I touched on this in the, in the first, um, first podcast, so I don't want to go back into it. But this is one of the main reasons why we kind of reject some of the realities that we recognize on our own as far as the, the things we consume. And I don't mean just food, but the things that we take in that we know give us um give us a, a a sense of like oh that that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't good for me like that that it that didn't feel good at the end of the night like that didn't that didn't feel good but we we ignore it you know what i'm saying because we just we want this pleasure we want this instant instant gratification so ultimately like we we worship no matter what whether you believe in God or not, that you have a God out there, or you have many gods, right? We're going to put energy into those things. And the fact that we put energy into those things, we are going to reap a harvest. And the harvest is not always good. Because whatever you're putting your energy into, if it ain't good, then the harvest ain't going to be good. And it's, it's just that is that simple. With that being said, for those who do recognize and want to take an action step and, and want to make that change, what, what are some ways or, you know, action steps that you can kind of advise to go ahead and start to remove the idols from our lives so that we can have a better worship? Yeah, so um, I think a significant challenge for even those myself that recognize like, all right, I know like I should not be worshiping this thing. I think the challenge is that we, we all want that quick fix, that quick turnaround. Okay, so like just tell me what to do so that I can get he healthy in this area. But unfortunately, like there is no, there is no quick fix. Like, believe it or not, even to the point of unhealth that you got to because of the worship you put towards this thing or that thing, whatever the case may be, right? The level of unhealth that you got to at this point took cultivation. It took time. Like you didn't, you didn't, you didn't wake up overweight. You didn't, you didn't wake up with like poor emotional instability like you didn't wake up with panic attacks and anxiety you know what i'm saying Th there are outliers of people that are, are are unfortunately born with significant medical issues or maybe even mental health issues I'm, but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people that took steps action steps over years of their lives doing something consuming something you know and like i said when i we use that term consuming i'm not just talking about food worshiping things right that are not good for them that are counterintuitive to their growth and relationship with christ 
it took years to get to the point of unhealth where you're now, your eyes are open and you're like, yo, like I need to change because this is not working. It took years of relational distension and conflict being handled poorly to get to a point where you have absolutely no fuse when it comes to your temper. You're running on eat. Every little thing agitates you. Every little thing has you screaming. Every little thing, you know, has you on edge. Every little thing. That didn't happen overnight. So, when you realize, like, man, this isn't right and I want to change, how can we expect to change without now deconstructing and cultivating in a healthy way? That's why so many people, like, like even in the most practical things, that's why it's so hard for people. Like they realize, okay, I'm eating this. I'm eating this. I'm eating this. These things are bad for me. If I started eating these things, this will actually help me lose weight. Uh, my energy will be much better. You know, maybe it'll clear up my acne. You know, um, my, sh my insulin levels will balance out. You know, if I cut back on these sugars, if I start working out, like I'm going to have all these types of, 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 of amazing benefits. But it's so hard for them to just execute. You know why? Because they have a relationship or I should say we have a relationship with the things that we've been entertaining for so long. And that's where that cultivation comes in. You have to be willing to cultivate good behaviors, healthy behaviors to undo and uproot a lot of the issues that we've created in our lives. And most people, unfortunately, aren't willing to do that. They're not willing to take the long road to find health. And that's unfortunate because it's, I feel like the reward is so great. And the reward is not just when you get to the finish line. Like the reward is seeing like yourself moving through the process. You know what I mean? How, how can I make this practical, right? So you're, you're, you're 100 pounds overweight. Your goal weight is, is 170 and you're at 270, right? A lot of times we tell ourselves, okay, there's the finish line way over there. Man, that's, that's, that is so far away. And you just focus on the distance of where that finish line is and you don't even get started or you get started and then, and then you just keep focusing on that distance and you're just like, yeah, this is just too much, man. This is going to be too much work. And then you go back to that like instant gratification, eating them cheeseburgers, ice cream, donuts, all that stuff. Right. So you feel good in the moment, but then you, 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 you're, you're depressed and sad because you know what these things are doing to you ultimately. Right. But that's, that's kind of like, it's like a lie. Because we, what we don't realize is that there are many moments of gratification on that road to the quote unquote finish line. Guys, there is no finish line, just so you know, right? There is no finish line. That's why, that's why we strive for perfection. We'll never meet, we'll, we'll never reach that, this side of heaven. We're not going to reach perfection this side of heaven. We're striving for it. So there is no finish line. So anytime you, you, you try to redirect from a negative lifestyle or unhealthy lifestyle to a healthy lifestyle. Stop, stop, don't, 
don't don't set a finish line in in in, in your mind because there is none. You, you you're trying to create a lifestyle. I'm going on a lifelong journey. This side of heaven, this is the way I'm going to live from this point on, right? But the lie is that like the the, the gratification is 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 at the end. It no, it's, it's the process. It's the process. There are so many moments of just like, wow, like you can see, you start to see little by little the transformation, you know, you start to see yourself just changing little by little by little because you, you know, you know what you used to look like. You know how you used to talk. You know how you used to manage conflict. You know how you used to respond to certain stimuluses, right? And now you're seeing these, these to other people, very insignificant, but to you, significant changes along the way. And those things create that sense of like motivation. And it adds to your desire to continue. And then your discipline begins to build upon itself. Right. And now you're creating healthy habits. And once you've once you've created habits, it's like brushing your teeth in the morning. It becomes subconscious. You know what I'm saying? For, for, for me, I've been, I've, been, I've been training since I can remember. I've been hitting the gym since I can remember middle school because of, of wrestling, right? So it's like, even when I have like a slum, you know, where I go a month or so, like not training, that's as far as I can go. And, I, and, and throughout the entire time, I know I'm like, yo, I should not. I need to be back in the gym. I need to be back in the gym. And life happens. Life happens. But 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 because it's become a lifestyle and it's become habitual for me, you, you, my body, my physiology is 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 wired different. It's wired different. Let me explain what I mean by that. Someone who is just now starting off in the gym, the amount of effort it's going to take for you to to see results is going to be a lot more significant than than if I took a month off and I hit the gym again. I'm going to start seeing results in a matter of weeks. Why? Because my 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 makeup has has gone through it, right? My my, my muscle construct has gone through it, right? You know what I'm saying? It, there's a, a term called muscle memory where where you, you the 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 cells within that muscle remember where you used to be. Oh, yeah, you used to bench 315. You know what I'm saying? Like, you used to curl 75-pound dumbbells in each arm. So as I'm working back towards that, my muscle fibers are, like, immediately getting in line to hit those goals again because it's been there before. So I always tell people, it's like, guys, like, be willing to go through it for a period of time. Just be willing to endure and go through it. Be willing to suffer well for a period of time. Because once you get there, like once you establish that foundation, the, the whole journey changes. It's different. It's different. And I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say it's like, it's easier because you're always like striving for new goals and in order to hit new heights and new levels, you got to go through that suffering again. But it is easier here. It is. Like, 
I can guarantee you, I don't look at suffering like a lot of other people I know. The way I view suffering compared to a lot of other people that really haven't, maybe they haven't been through nothing, they haven't really pushed themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually through stuff. We're not going to see it the same. Which is why I mentioned in the first podcast, like, yeah, like, like, I kind of look forward to the pain and the suffering that I experience in the gym. It's something I, I don't like, I don't resent that anymore because I've seen the results that comes from it. So my whole perception is changed. And, and, and that's, that's really, that's really what it is that you're trying to do is reshape your perception, the way you view something, right? Because we know that if I can change the way I see this over here, I've, I know I've seen it like this my entire life. Mental health was never nothing to me growing up. I didn't know what that meant. I'd never heard that, not in the church and not in my family and n none of that. I didn't know what mental health was. Let alone relational health, let alone, like, I just didn't, there was a lot, whole lot of, it just wasn't talked about, right? It was work hard, grind, get through it. Work hard, grind, get through it. Make sure your bills are paid. Make sure you have a job that's bringing in one money every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fight, just fight, just push through, you know? But, um, eventually, because of experience, fast forward, life is kicking me in the side of the head over and over and over again. And I'm realizing, hey, something's up with my mind. And I'm and I'm, I'm I'm stepping into uncharted waters because now I'm trying to learn from other people like I'm breaking out of the cultural construct that I grew up in. Because I'm desperate now. And now I'm starting to hear different terms like oh, mental health therapy, you know, um, emotional stability, emotional health. And now all of a sudden my perception. Of of what was once foreign is now something that I'm, I'm, in, I'm like, I'm engaging in. I'm diving into this topic now. Like, what is mental health? What does it mean? What does it mean to have a healthy mind? What does it mean to have an unhealthy mind? Now I'm identifying. Like, I'm starting to identify myself. When we talk about the unhealthy side of things, you know, and, and instability, mental instability, and I'm, I'm, I'm being able to read these things, and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's me. I act just like that when I experience this. You know what I mean? Like, so, so your perception, my, my, my whole thought process around the idea of mental health, I'm like, oh, this is a real thing. This exists. This matters. The same way I had to lift weights and train and, and as a wrestler to, to become good at it. Like I had to do certain things over and over and over and over and over, even when I didn't want to do it. And my coach is yelling at me and I'm in middle school and I'm crying and, you know, we're getting into fist fights because we're so frustrated with each other. You know what I mean? Like, but eventually that led to me going undefeated by my eighth grade year. And then eventually I became a state champ. Like, like I was able to correlate those disciplines because it mattered. These things mattered, right? If I wanted to be a good athlete. And now I'm like, okay, mental health matters. So I need to be, I need to understand what it means to, to, to pursue health in my mind, which requires what? Cultivation. It requires actions. Like I need to take action. I need to 
be willing to deconstruct. Like, where did I learn this from? Like, where did I get this from? Like, what, what did I see growing up that led to me acting like this, behaving in this manner? You know what I mean? Like, I had to be willing to do that. And that was hard. Like, all of it was hard. All of it was hard. In a relationship, it's extremely hard to do that. Why? Because it's so much easier to point at the other person and look at all the ways in which that other person hurt you. But I knew, man, I knew, I knew in a failed relationship that I was a part of, I knew I had something to do with it. And I knew that if I didn't, if I wasn't willing to identify and deconstruct these behaviors that I had, I would go into the next relationship and have the same issues and I would never grow. So I had to be willing to disconnect from the ways in which this person hurt me in order for me to take my health and make it personal. It is my personal responsibility to identify the areas of unhealth that I have so that I can now take action steps to deal with them and grow and pursue health in that area. And I went off on a tangent somewhat, but hopefully that made, that made sense to you. It's not going to happen overnight. A pursuit to health will not happen overnight. But it does start with looking in the mirror and the willingness to say, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. Like I'm really willing to face myself and, and put in the work to go on this journey of health. You know, and you can take away the fact that like, hey, what am I worshiping? What am I worshiping apart from God? What are those things? Write them on paper. And become intentional about breaking those things down, breaking down those idols so that you can look back to the source of what is good. You can look back to the source from which everything that is good flows from. And now begin to move forward with that, if that makes sense. Catch you guys on the next one.